we're in our three-part series called Honoring God. And I think that most of us probably think that the very best way that we can honor God is to just sing to Him. The very best way we can worship Him and honor Him is to come together and musically and vocally just sing to Him and give Him praise for His great majesty, His great love, His grace, His faithfulness, all those kind of things. And so we call that today worship. But I want, I want you to listen really, really close as we begin. Because the Son of God, Jesus, our substitute on the cross, our resurrected Savior and Lord, our coming King, and our eternal friend is worthy of far more than just 20 minutes of musical singing and praise. Amen? Oh, come on. You got to agree with that. Amen? He's worth far more than just 20 minutes of musical and vocal praise each Sunday. So much more. Now, I know as I say that, that some of you, to, to some of you, that's really good news. Because you're, you're thinking, if honoring God is limited to singing, I'm in big trouble. Amen? <laughs> if if honoring God is limited to, to, to clapping, I'm even in bigger trouble because I got no rhythm. <laughs> you know, maybe some of you are thinking when people uh, are around me, you're thinking, do I clap or do I sing? Because I can't do both and I can't do both at the same time. It's kind of like this one, this kind of a thing, you know. And then you might think, well, my neighbors uh, would probably prefer that I clap because my singing is even worse than my clapping. <laughs> And I know because I'm watching some of you guys. <laughs> the good news is this. When you come to this church to give worship and honor to God, the quality of your voice and the timing of your hands don't matter. What matters is that you passionately worship God in your heart and in your mind and then you let that worship flow out of you by using your whole being to worship Him. And then you do use your voice and you use your hands and you use your feet. And I watch some of you, you're, you're tapping to kind of, so you do clap right on time, you know. And I, and I watch some of you kind of dance and kind of when, when you worship, that's okay. And you use your whole being to worship God. But I want you to understand the quality of the sound. And the consistency of your rhythm is not what matters. May bug our worship leader to death, but it doesn't matter. Okay? Doesn't matter. What matters is that you worship and honor God. Now, the quality of your voice and the, and the rhythm of your hands might matter if you're walking on stage to be on The Voice or on American Idol or something like that. But when you walk into the church, it just doesn't matter. What matters to God is whether or not you are worshiping Him with your whole being. From the inside out. With your heart engaged. With your thoughts and mind. And as you read and sing those words that, that you're thinking about those or you're praying about those or, or you're lifting those up to God. And, and your body is engaged. You're not just going through the motions. You're not just standing there mumbling you're engaged, your whole being is worshiping God. And if you're doing that, that kind of life honors God. 
But listen, singing and clapping, the thing that we call worship today across the, the, the nation and our world, that's just one way to honor God. It's not the only way. And he is worthy of so much more. In fact, the Bible says this. Look at this. Therefore, I urge you in view of God's mercy, all this mercy that he's, he's lavished on us, his forgiveness, his grace, to love us and forgive us. In view of God's mercy, I urge you to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. That means if you offer your whole being to God, including your, your body, and you're only using your body for pure activities and activities that are pleasing to God, that is an act of worship. It's kind of like you crawling up in an Old Testament altar. Uh, in the Old Testament times, they would build uh, some stacks, some rocks, or they'd find a big rock, and they would turn it into their altar. And then they would bring the, bring the best of their grain or the best of their sheep. And they would sacrifice it on that altar as a pleasing aroma. And saying, God, you're worth my best. This is how I worship you. I'm going to sacrifice and give to you my very best to let you know how much I love you. Well, it's like you crawling up on an Old Testament altar and saying, God, here I am. I am clean. I am pure. I'm offering my whole body to you, my whole being to you. I've given up the things that aren't pure in my life, the things that aren't pleasing to you. Now, I am now willing to crawl up on this altar, and I'm willing to die for you. That's the kind of worship that honors God. But then God looks at that and he says, good, but I don't want you dead. I don't want you dead. I want you to get up off this altar and I want you to go out and I want you to live for me. I want you to be a living sacrifice. That is the kind of worship I want from you. That is the kind of life that honors me. And so church, to honor God, we've got to give him more than just 20 minutes of musical praise and worship on a Sunday. Amen? Oh, come on. You guys are so quiet this morning. Help me out. Amen? We've got to give him holy bodies, pure lives. So if you think that simply coming to church, singing a few songs is all you need to do to honor God, you're wrong. And if that's what you really think, this is a good Sunday for you to be here because I hope to expand your perspective of how to honor God. And if you've been thinking like that, tell me, just let me tell you what's going to happen in your life. You're going to develop a consumerism kind of a mentality as a Christian. You're just going to think, I'm going to go to church, and instead of giving what honors God, I'm just going to go and see what I can take to bless me. And so then you'll leave, and if somebody says to you, how was church today? You're going to go, it was really good, or it wasn't so good. But your answer is going to be depending upon what you received here, the message or the music. Now, if the message was really good and the music was really good, you might say, church was good today. Man, you should have been there. But then you begin to treat church like going to the movies. You go to the movie, and if you like the movie, it's a good movie. But listen close. You shouldn't do that at church. 
You, you shouldn't go to our worship leader after church and say, hey, two thumbs up on, on, on the music today. It was awesome. Way to go. And Pastor Larry, I'd like my tithe back. The message just didn't do it for me today. <laughs> Give me back my money. That's not worship. That's consumerism. That's, that's not honoring God. Instead, after you've been to church, you should ask yourself, how was I today? How was my worship today? How did I honor my God today? Regardless of how the message or the music or the parking lot was or getting in and out of the fellowship in the courtyard was, you should ask, how was I today? How did I treat my God today? You see, it's not what takes place on stage, but what takes place in your heart. What takes place in your life each day. That's what matters. So you should ask, how was my heart? Did I worship God this morning with a clean heart? You should ask, did I worship and honor God with my whole being? Did I really express my love for God? Did I worship and honor him like he was my first love? Listen, if we begin to ask ourselves those kind of questions, our our worship through singing and clapping and praying and, and preaching here would be more passionate and more honoring to God. But it would also be more contagious because when our guests would come and they would watch us worship God, they would say, these people, they've got something I just don't have. They have a real connection with God. They have a real love for God. And then if they see us leave this place and they see us live pure lives that are holy and pleasing to God, that, folks, is what honors God. And all of God's people said, amen. Why? Because we are devoted to him. And we leave this place and we're looking more like him. And that's what attracts those who don't yet know him to him. So then we become a tool in the hand of God that he can use to win more people into his family. So today, to help us better understand that kind of worship that honors God, I want to talk with you about a guy named Abraham, the father of Isaac. Because Abraham honored God in some very extreme ways. Extreme ways that maybe we've never thought about. This story's in Genesis chapter 22. Hang on as we read this story. I'm going to read 18 verses, and I don't usually read this much, but hang on because this is an awesome, awesome story. Here we go. Later on, God tested Abraham's faith and obedience. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah and sacrifice him there as a burnt offering there on one of the mountains, which I will point out to you. The next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled the donkey. He took the two of his servants along with him and his son Isaac. Then he chopped the wood and he built a fire for a burned offering and he set out for the place God told him to go. On the third day of the journey, Abraham saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham, Abraham told the young man who was the servant. The boy, Isaac, and I will travel a little farther. We will worship there and then we'll come right back. Abraham placed the wood for the burned offering on Isaac's shoulder while he, 
himself carried the knife in the fire as the two of them went on together. Isaac said, Father. Yes, my son, Abraham replied. We have the wood and the fire, said the boy. But where is the lamb for the sacrifice? God will provide a lamb, my son. Abraham answered, and they both went on together. When they arrived at the place God told Abraham to go, he built the altar and placed the wood on it. Then he tied up Isaac and laid him on the altar over the wood. And Abraham took the knife and lifted it up to kill his son as a sacrifice to the Lord. At that moment, the angel of the Lord shouted to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, he answered, I'm listening. Lay down the knife, the angel said. Do not hurt the boy in any way. For I now know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld even your beloved son from me. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in a bush. So he took the ram and he sacrificed it as a burned offering on the altar in place of his son. Then the angel of the Lord called again to Abraham from heaven. This is what the Lord says. Because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your beloved son, I swear by my own self that I will bless you richly. I will multiply your descendants into countless millions like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. They will conquer their enemies, and through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed, all because you have obeyed me. What a story. One of the greatest stories in the Bible. God says to Abraham, look at this. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much. Go to the land of Moriah. And then look at this. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will point out to you. Now, just ahead of this conversation with Abraham, God had made Abraham a promise. And he said, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless all of your descendants. I'm going to honor you and bless you. But that blessing is going to come to you through your son, Isaac. And when God made that promise to Abraham, Abraham said, God, that's really, really great. But I don't have a son. And Sarah and I, we're over 100 years old. But soon after that, God made his promise. They became pregnant. And they named their son Isaac, which means laughter. Because here they were going to have a child when they were older than all their peers. When they were too old to have a child. And so they named Isaac, which means laughter. And I imagine they really did laugh. I mean, I, I imagine they looked around at all their peers. Everybody, all of our friends are going to Ralph's and they're buying Depends. We're, we're buying Pampers. <laughs> Man, I imagine they were yucking it up. And then a few years later, God comes back to Abraham and he says this. Abraham, the son that I promised, the son that you now have, the son that you love so much. I want you to worship and honor me by sacrificing him on an altar. Now, in our culture, that's a horrific concept. But in their culture... Laying their best grain, laying their, their best animal on an altar and sacrificing it, giving it up, burning it up, and allowing its smoke to rise like a fragrant offering to please their God. That was an act of worship that was typical because it proved that God was more important than any of their possessions. It proved that they were willing to, to give God their best and most treasured possessions. It proved that they really loved God. So an altar became a really wonderful place to worship and honor God. But even in that culture, 
Offering a human being was not typical. It was unthinkable. Some pagan religions did that, but not Christians. Now, here was Abraham, and he was rich. He had been sacrificing and worshiping God, giving his grain, giving his animals, giving God his possessions. But this time, the Bible says God came to Abraham to test him more. And this time, God really wanted to know how much Abraham really did love him. And so he asked him to give him up something far more difficult. Something far different as worship. And I got to imagine between the moment that God asked him to give up his son and when Abraham really got up to do it, Abraham had to be struggling. He had to be saying, God, are you serious? God, you want me to give up my only son? God, I already did that circumcision thing and it really hurt. <laughs> I already did that for you, God. Isn't that enough? And now you want to take my son? God, I'll give you my best grain. I'll give you all of my grain. I'll give you all of my sheep. I'll give you all of my cattle. God, you can have it all, but not my son. But in spite of this horrific thought of obeying God, Look at what he does. Scripture says, he said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We'll worship and then we'll come back to you. He didn't think he was coming back with the son. See, Abraham saw the sacrifice of his son as part of his worship to God. The question is, are you willing? Have you come to the place where you're willing to worship and honor God when it's hard? Are you willing... To worship and honor God when it's a sacrifice. When it's going to cost you something that you love to continue to honor God. I mean, are you willing to honor God when your life is falling apart? I mean, look at Abraham's life. His life was falling apart. God was saying, I've given you this great son. This promise is going to come through your son. And now God is saying, you're not only going to lose your son, you're going to lose your promise. Abraham's life, his future was falling apart. The truth is, it's not always easy to honor God. Amen? It's not always easy to obey God. Sometimes he asks us to make a sacrifice for him. So how do you honor God when your life is falling apart? When it's hard to worship him and honor him. When he calls for you to give something more than just your voice and your hands for 20 minutes on Sunday. How do you do that? Well, you follow the example of Abraham. Some of you are saying, it's about time I get to fill in the blank, Larry. Here we go. Write this down. First of all, this is how you do it. You listen for the voice of God. Worshiping and honoring God is not just making a joyful noise. It's not just about singing. Worshiping and honoring God is also about listening for his voice. God says this, be quiet and know that I am God. Now, when was the last time that you really listened for the voice of God? Are you doing that? I mean, do you ever delete the noise from your life so that you can hear God's voice? Do you ever arrange your calendar so that you have time to take a walk or sit on your patio and Listen for God's voice. You see, God wants to talk with you. God wants to guide you. 
Jesus says it this way. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Well, how does, how does God guide you? Well, God, by his spirit that he puts in you when you say, Jesus, come into my life. That spirit of his, the spirit of the living Lord Jesus Christ, will give you a word. He'll give you a phrase. He'll put a thought into your mind. Now, if you're a Christ follower, his spirit is in you and he is speaking constantly to you. The question is, are you listening? If you're not hearing him, maybe you need to delete some noise out of your life. The Bible says some years later, God decided to test Abraham. So he spoke to him and Abraham answered, here I am, Lord. God spoke and God is a speaking God. And Abraham was quiet enough to hear God. And when he heard God's voice, he honored him by saying, God, I hear you and here I am. I'm available to you. I'm, I'm listening. And I don't know of a better way to worship God than to just be listening. So that when he speaks, you hear. And you say, God, here I am. Speak. Your servant is listening. Folks, that honors God. When you say, God, I'm here to worship and honor you. I'm here to be still and listen. I'm here to be used by you. That kind of a life honors God. So to truly worship and honor God, first of all, be listening for the voice of God. He's speaking, and you can be hearing. And I just want to, I just want to guarantee you, I want you to, to know that, that you can hear God. But you've got to get quiet enough. You've got to say, God, I'm listening. And when you do that, it honors God. Second. To worship and honor God, then obey the plan of God. Now, now catch this. Abraham obeyed, even though God's plan was opposite of his plan. His plan, Abraham's plan, was growth. God had promised, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless your descendants. I'm going to multiply you. I'm going to bless you richly. And so Abraham's mindset was growth, multiplication. And then God came up with a new plan. It was all about loss. And so Abraham obeyed, even though God's plan was opposite his plan. Abraham obeyed, even though God's plan would require an inconceivable sacrifice. He obeyed God's plan, even though it would produce inconsolable grief. But Abraham obeyed God. And so Abraham and Isaac packed up and began to move out to the mountain. The mountain that God told him to go to. And the Bible says this. On the third day of the journey, Abraham saw the place in the distance. And I don't know about you, but as a father, knowing what God had asked Abraham to do, if God was asking me to do that, when I saw the place, my gut would be turning. It would take all I could have all I could do to continue to the place where I knew I had to do what God asked me to do. As a parent, I would have been struggling. And yet for three days, Abraham walked in obedience to God's plan. 
For three days, Abraham went against all of his natural inclinations as a father. Day after day, he did not waver, even though he knew what he would have to do. What would have been natural for him was to stop and say, no way, God, I'm not doing it. I'm not going there. I can't explain this to Sarah. She'll never believe it. God, here's my counter. <laughs> here's my counter offer. Best of everything I got. It's all yours, but not my son. Now, all of those things would have been natural, but Abraham worshiped and honored God by his obedience. Now, listen, when you follow God's plan, that's an act of worship that honors him. And then when you follow God's word, you're listening and God speaks and you follow his word. Instead of doing what you want to do, you follow his word. That worships him and that honors him. Jesus says, he who does not love me will not obey my teaching. So he's saying, the people who love me, they, they hear me and they obey my teachings. But the people that don't love me, they don't obey. They won't obey my teachings. So to worship and honor God, you just do what God speaks into your life. You, you do what God asks you to do, and you obey his plan for you. So to truly honor him, first of all, listen for the voice of God. And then secondly, when he speaks and he puts that word or that thought or that direction in your heart and life, then obey the plan of God. And then third this morning, and then you can celebrate the provision of God. Now, Abraham clearly proved that God was most important in his life. I mean, he loved his son, but he proved that he was going to love God more. And that's worship. That's how you honor God. You make God more important than anything else, more important than anyone else in your life. You put God first. And to those who put God first, those who love God most, those who put God above all else, God makes a promise. The Bible says this. This is what the Lord says. And look at this next word. Because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your beloved son, I swear by my own self that I will bless you richly. So listen, God blesses those who bless him. He blesses those who worship him. He blesses those who honor him. When they obey him. And so the, the angel of the Lord then comes into this situation and he says, Abraham, lay down that knife. Don't hurt this boy in any way. For now I know that you truly fear God. You've not withheld even your beloved son from me. Now the moment that God stopped him. The moment that God supplied a ram for him. I mean, can, can, can you just imagine the moment that the angel said, stop, and then he heard a ram over in the bush go, Meh. and that ram kind of bleeded out a little bit. Can you imagine the celebration that started in Abraham's heart? God stopped him. God supplied a ram for him to sacrifice, and I believe he began to celebrate. When the angel said, lay down the knife, don't hurt the boy, and then he began to celebrate. We would all do that as parents. Most of you know the story that our oldest child, Scott, our son, uh, was in the army and he was deployed to Iraq for two years. And uh, Shirley and I, during that time, 
began to understand a little bit about what this might be like. We, we kind of know what it's like to put a son on an altar. We, we, we learn during that time to offer our son to God. To lay him up on that altar, not knowing the outcome. We learn during those moments to pray all night due to a mission that he called us about and said, our captain says, we may not come back from this mission. We, we learn during that time to receive a sun pack in, in, into our arms with intense joy and celebration. And so we learned a little bit about putting a child on the altar and giving that child to God and not knowing what would happen. And so when Abraham received that child back, there was this intense joy and celebration. He wasn't going, oh man, now I got to capture and tie that ram up and start all over again. He wasn't saying that. He, he was, I believe, crying and singing and celebrating God's provision all the way home with his son along his side. Amen. He was celebrating. Whenever you recognize the provision of God, and then you begin to celebrate the provision of God, you are worshiping and honoring God. So many times God comes into our lives and he, he meets our need again and again and again. And he carries us through stuff. He delivers us. He helps us. He answers all of our prayers. But we never stop and celebrate the provision. And if we do, it's just, oh, thank you, God. That's, that's awesome. And we move on. But when we stop and really celebrate his provision. It honors God. So to truly worship and honor God, first we've got to listen for the voice of God. It honors Him when we get quiet and say, God, here I am. Then it honors Him when we obey the plan. Knowing that it requires maybe even a horrific sacrifice on our part. And I, I think about pastors and missionaries over the years who have decided to follow God, who've gotten their bachelors, who've gotten their masters, and they could go on and make a bundle of money and buy the American dream and do the whole thing, and yet they decide to serve God, and they go to some country, and they spend their entire lives just telling people about Jesus and helping build churches, and, and knowing that they can't go home every year. For three and four and five years at a time, they can't go home and see mom and dad and their brothers and their sisters, and they give up the Thanksgivings, and they give up the Christmases, and they give up the baby dedications, and they give up some of the weddings, and, and they, they just go. To obey God's plan. And that kind of thing honors God. It honors God. But I think as an American church, we've gotten so far away from obeying God if it gets too hard. And God wants us to be willing to sacrifice so He can carry out His plan through us. And He will. If we'll obey. And then to honor him, we need to just celebrate that provision that he makes. 
Now, the thing that could have kept Abraham from honoring God was loving Isaac more than God. And the thing that can keep you and me from honoring God is loving something else more than God, our job, our spouse, our family, whatever it is. A hobby, something we like to do. So the question is, what do you love more than God? What is your Isaac? What is it that maybe you need to lay on the altar? What is it in your life that you need to give up to prove your love for God? Maybe there's some sinful thing that nobody else knows about. And you know you need to lay that on the altar to prove your love for God and give it up for good. What is that thing? What is getting in the way of you passionately worshiping and honoring God? I mean, what if God asked you like Abraham to give that person or that thing up? Would you make a sacrifice like that for him? Would you obey? Would you obey if it seemed like it would cause your life to fall apart? You couldn't see the outcome. You couldn't see the future. Would you, would you still obey and honor him? Look at this. God wants to bless you. But to get his blessing, you must honor him by listening by obeying, and by celebrating. We put a little sticky note on all your outlines, and if your neighbor doesn't have one, tear yours in two and give him, give him a piece. And I want you to kind of take hold of that sticky note and just kind of look at it. We're not going to write on it. I'm not going to ask you to write anything on it. But what I'd like for you to do this morning is, is mentally write on that note. I'd like for you to look at that note and mentally write on that note and maybe just finish these blanks. My Isaac is, what is it that you love more than God? Or what I need to lay on the altar to really honor God is my... Write something mentally on that note. Look at that note. Stare at that note. And this is what it is. And I, you probably already know. What are you loving or honoring more than God? And now I'd like to ask you to simply do this. I'm going to do this all this week. Just fold up that sticky note. Carry it in your pocket or in your purse. And every day, just carry it with you every day. And when you reach for your chapstick, pull it out and look at it. Or your, your Altoid or your car keys. Whatever you reach in and get, pull it out. Look at it. And every day as you look at that several times throughout the day, remember the thing it represents. And choose again to give it up in honor of God. Would you carry that note? Would you take that step for life change? Let's be a people. Let's be a church that will make a sacrificial change. To honor God. Let's bow and pray. So I pray this prayer. I encourage you to, to listen and pray it in your heart. Father. Like Abraham. Today I choose you. 
over everything and everyone else. I choose to love you most. I choose to worship you alone. Even when it's hard. Even when it seems like my life is falling apart. I will worship and honor you. And I make this commitment in the name of your son, Jesus, whom you gave up for me, whom you sacrificed for me. And all of God's people said, Amen.